wanted to expand on my positives, needs and hopes column for today and uh, just break down a few of the things that I talked about, see if it was helpful. Uh, the first thought that I had was uh, I talked in my opening piece about Arsenal currently looking comfortable being comfortable and comfortable being uncomfortable. I wanted to explain what I meant by that. You know, back in, um, in Wenger's days, uh, his teams were accused often of being complacent and that was I think very much the truth I don't feel that way I don't feel that way about Arteta's team it's not complacency and the comfort that they're feeling I think that they just I think they just enjoy dominating um, and just have such a lack of ruthlessness and of course that comes from the coach and I'm going to move on to that a little later but um, I just feel that that's uh, something that they need to change and change quickly uh, because it's uh, it's killing us. And I thought it was going to kill us at the start of the second half as we came out. And again, we were, we were just too comfortable and believing that uh, just enjoying ourselves uh, dominating Sheffield United and a weak Sheffield United and that they had no motivation to come back. But, you know, goals change games and moments get people excited and uh, that game could have changed. And so it makes me nervous, makes all of us nervous, I think. Uh, the second point in regards to being comfortable, being uncomfortable, I think, honestly, it's just a lack of desire that the team has as a unit to drag themselves out of situations that they've got themselves in. And I think that they wallow. That's a feeling I've had for a while. I think Arsenal, the current Arsenal, wallow a little in their uh, in their sadness. And there's not much finger pointing. I don't think don't think Arteta likes that. Uh, hence why he never, uh, you know, blames um, after games and finds excuses. So I think he's, he speaks that to the players. But I feel that uh, the leadership that we do have, which is plenty, uh, needs to step up. And I think that's a general thought that many fans have, that the younger players have drug us through this season and the older players need to, in these situations where we're uncomfortable, you know, they need to reverse this for us. Um, so, thought there. Uh, I also mentioned uh, in regards to Arteta liking to win on his own. So, um, my thought there is uh, that Arsenal seem to plan the margins under Arteta. They're close games, most of the games. This might not be great timing saying this now because that game wasn't necessarily close, but I feel like Arteta and his um, the egotistical side of Mikel Arteta. Uh, often prevails and is seen in the situations where I think he wants to win the games with clever ideas and coaching um, and and feels like he's capable of doing that. And I think he is, quite honestly. But I think he prefers that somehow than allowing the players that ruthlessness and that freedom to go just use the tempo and the impetus of the game uh, and where the game is at, um, and that psychology that I talked about in today's piece, where the other team is is down, and uh, we don't seem to capitalise on that, and I think we have a coach who prefers to win it with cleverness, uh, thinks that he can be the difference, and again, I, I think he can. Uh, I just wish we would pick and choose those moments rather than have it as somewhat of a habit. Um, I also wanted to talk about a sliding doors moment, on each of these expanded editions of Positives, Needs and Hopes. Um, and I feel that each game has a sliding doors moment. Some of them happen, you know, before the game. Some of them happen during the game. But there's a moment where you look back on the game and you think, ah, that's where that game swung, you know? 
Uh, and I think actually the sliding doors moment in this game was uh, was beforehand. I think the decision that Arteta made to his credit uh, to play Saka at attacking midfield and not at left back. I thought he was at left back, and uh, where I live, the producer had put him up on the on the screen as a left back, and I think we were all surprised that he played. Uh, I think his seventh different position for Arsenal. Uh, but that worked, and of course it would work because he's such a talent and he has the skill set to play there. And, uh, you know, his his level of tempo that him and uh, the others around him and Lacazette and Pepe, Ceballos, uh, were a part of, I think was the sliding doors moment in the game, the decision to do that and practice tempo beforehand. It was clear that that's what they practice, the tempo and combinations on the top of the box. I think that that was the big factor in the game that started the game off the way we I think we we wish that all Arsenal games would start off. Uh, I feel like also mentioned <laughs> that Arsenal need to pick the same team on Thursday. I can't believe I'm saying that because there's other players that I prefer somehow to play on Thursday. But, you know, I've uh, been doing this long enough, I think the coaching piece of it anyway, long enough to know that it's not always picking your best players. It's picking your best team. So that group, at least my first half thought, was they looked like a team. Even though they hadn't played together, we'd never had, you know, Sabias playing that high for a while and Saka playing as an attacking midfielder. But that group that was out there, even though they were playing Sheffield United, looked like they clicked. And that was unexpected considering it was their first attempt at it. And so I would be totally cool with Arsenal putting out the same players. Of course, I'd be delighted because that would mean that Bucky Osaka is fit. So um, that's just a very strange thought to have, I think, with this season's Arsenal. Uh, a couple of more points I wanted to, to bring out. Uh, I talked about Lacazette a lot. Lacazette uh, had a fantastic game. Maybe his best game of the season, I'm not sure. That one against West Brom away was rather good as well. Uh, but I do wonder, moving forward... If 21-22 Arsenal uh, are going to be strikerless, much like City are uh, this season. And of course, maybe City went that way because Aguero wasn't firing and he didn't trust Jesus. Or maybe because Pep Guardiola is a revolutionary coach. Maybe Arteta wants to be that too. And I, I sort of feel that he does. I feel that that is the way that he would like to go and he'd like to do something different from what other people are doing. And, and of course, some of it is replicated at City. But I feel like, um, you know, what Lacazette is currently doing, playing, as I joked about almost on the on the piece today, that the entire spine of the team, and he is really, uh, against, I think it was Slavia Prague, he was at centre-back at one point. But I think the guy has been given freedom. I think he's been given freedom just to find the holes. And I do wonder... Um, if that's not such a smart strategy. And it goes back to when I used to play that as a coach, I often played a four diamond two, and the two were a right winger and a left winger. And we didn't play with the centre forward. And the idea was uh, strategically for our right winger, who was particularly good and quick uh, to get round the outside of the left back and and cut inside, and then our left winger would come from the far side and cut to the middle, of course, making it a whole lot harder for the centre-backs to pick him up. Um, and uh, our attacking midfielder, as that was evolving, that, that play would arrive either at the top of the box 
or at the penalty spot. So you've got your left winger cutting across uh, and uh, coming from a, an un unnatural position and centre-backs not having anybody to mark, not wanting to step high and take care of the attacking midfielder, just wanting to hold their ground. They feel comfortable there. And also in line with that is the thought that I think uh, finishing a cross that's coming back towards you, being cut back towards you on the ground, uh, to somebody on the penalty spot or the top of the box is a far easier finish than a ball coming across you, even though those ones are closer to goal. They're in traffic. The goalkeeper's there, the centre-backs are there. And so I did this for quite a few years and it was very successful. And I've gone back to it now with my current team playing a four diamond two. And again, the two are the wide players. And so I'm wondering if we're going to be a strikerless team, a strikerless team next season. And uh, whether that's Lacazette or or who it might be, my speculation um, when I did uh, my latest transfer piece for La Grove, I think, gosh, maybe back just after Christmas uh, or so, was uh, Mikel Oyathabal. Forgive my pronunciation, I'm not uh, brought up in Spanish, but he's at Real Sociedad and often he'll be on the left wing. He has been previously, but a lot of this season he's been the false nine and uh, it's fit him well. And uh, so he plays in somewhat of a strikerless situation there. And he's a hybrid player, much like Mikola Teta likes, a, a player that, you know, isn't necessarily going to play there every game. He could move around. And so just a thought as to where Arsenal might be going. Uh, last thing I wanted to mention, this is crazy. Can't believe I've done it. But I was uh, encouraged by uh, Miles Palmer. Miles Palmer is a... Uh, the uh, biographer of uh, Arsene Wenger's uh, book way back when and um, read his blog at the Arsenal News Review for so many years and he actually helped me see the light in many different situations and uh, he and I have been in contact uh, much recently. He kindly reads my work and seems to like it and he encouraged me to write a letter to Mikel Arteta that rhymes. Um, and I thought that was uh, very kind of him to say. I didn't know what he wanted me to write or what I thought I should write or why necessarily. Uh, and uh, so I asked and it was suggested to me to just give a point of view, give two or three things that I see because, you know, everybody sees something differently and something that maybe Mikel Arteta doesn't see. And there's me thinking, who am I? You know, I'm nobody. Um, very few people know who I am and and they shouldn't. So why would Mikel Arteta care what I write? And then I thought, well, why not? You know, um, so I did it. Um, I'm sure he probably never will see it, probably get as far as his secretary and she'll put it to one side and maybe I'll get a, a letter from the club, a generic letter saying thank you. And it's fine. And that would be fine. But um, the reason <laughs> that I say that here is that I decided if I was going to do this, I was going to write about something that might be worthwhile. And my thought that I've had for for the entirety of this season uh, in that uh, football is going to have to evolve. Uh, and I so I write, wrote about this, and, and again, I don't think that Mikel Arteta will ever see it, but that's fine. Just going to mention that uh, football, I think, has to, uh, has to evolve. It has to evolve uh, beyond the coach's game that it currently is and the passing patterns and the regularity and the, honestly somewhat the boredom 
of watching football because it's so predictable. You could um, pause the TV, as I often do, and know exactly where the next pass is coming and the next one and the next one. And the days of having players, um, you know, who are unpredictable are just fading. And we hang on to those players, whether it's Neymar or, or Messi or, or whoever it might be, and we just pine for players like that. I remember not being an Everton fan, of course, but I love Peter Beagree, and he would <laughs> twist and turn. He never knew what he was going to do, apart from he would repeat and repeat, um, press the repeat button again, and he'd, he'd overkill it. But I just loved the flair and the unpredictability. And so uh, in my crazy letter that I wrote, I just mentioned that I felt that football would have to move into deception because defensive units have to know what's coming next because they're all doing the same passing patterns or similar and each week they play teams that seem to do these same patterns over and over and they're easy to scout that way uh, unless you change patterns which is not always easy for the players and I feel like there is as a coach I can tell you I feel like there has to be a balance between teaching repetition and passing patterns and the, and, uh, the freedom and I'm not sure how much freedom we have at Arsenal um, if we play like we did today and do it quickly with one touch, it doesn't matter what the other team know because they won't be able to uh, to do anything about it. But if you think about Danny Ceballos' uh, little flick for the first goal, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Nobody saw that coming, you know? And he did that two or three times in the game. Then you think about the third goal and Thomas Partey, that little fake on the halfway line where he faked one way, went the other way, sold it. Lost a midfielder and the defensive unit probably weren't prepared for anything other than just a ball back to the centre-back, which is what I thought was going to happen. And now they're having to very quickly deal with a through ball, which they couldn't do. And I think that there are so many situations. And one of my main um, thrusts that I push on my, on my current team is when you are on the edge of the box, have your eye out for where your spare players are. But before you pass to them and make it predictable, pretend that you're going to shoot. And when you pretend that you're going to shoot, players will come and crash you and you have players that will fall to the ground and try and block it and such. And then just slide another guy in. And you've completely baffled the entire defensive unit. You might remember Martin Odegaard and his reverse pass at West Ham. These kinds of things. So anyway, I wrote in this, in this letter uh, about deception and how I felt that that might be the next layer level uh, that uh, coaches would have to give players more freedom and balance all the instruction because they're struggling to find a way through packed defensive groups. Hope you enjoyed this. Cheers.